This is Kelly Carlin, and welcome to Waking from the American Dream. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to the grappling with the American Dream. A few days ago, I was reading in the New York Times an article, an opinion, actually, an op-ed. I think it was on Sunday. Everything is for sale now, even us. The constant pressure to sell ourselves on every possible platform has produced its own brand of modern anxiety. This is by Ruth Whitman. Dear Ruth, please come to my house and be my therapist. (laughs) Oh my God. I, uh, I've been grappling with this, well, for about 10 years now, actually. I mean, right? Ever since social media began. At the beginning of social media, I was so terrified. I was so terrified because here was this little box asking me, what's on my mind? What do I want to share with the world? And I had never, ever really shared with the world before. That's always been too scary. It made me realize how obsessed I'd always, always been with my reputation. (sighs) Which, I have to say, is really not a pleasant thing to have to share with you people. I mean, who wants to admit that they're obsessed with their reputation? It's so fucking shallow. It's such a fucking nightmare. And yet, it's so true. I mean, when I look back on my life and see how, even as a young girl, I knew that it was important to pretend that everything is okay and fine. Whether I was at school or whether my parents were asking me, because I had to make sure that everyone saw me as smart and having my act together and knowing how to solve things and knowing the answers and that every little wrinkle was ironed out in some perfect way. That I just exuded knowing and authority and okayness. My mantra was, I am fine. And I was anything but for a lot of my life. And then came this thing called social media where you were invited to share yourself, bring yourself out into the world, unload your thoughts and your feelings, your experiences, be raw and real and in the moment. And of course, as we all know, That isn't really how it all works. (laughs) We're all still just presenting ourselves. Presenting a picture of who we want the world to believe in. And this is soul crushing. I mean, the good news is, is that most of the time, most of us do show up on social media pretty much ourselves. And yet, there's always some part of us in the back of our mind worrying about what will people think? What will people see? 
I don't know if men worry about this as much as women. I mean, from day one as a girl, you are pretty much taught that there is a very limited amount of space for you to live into. What you wear, how you act, what you say, how you comport yourself. It's a very thin little space that you have to fit yourself into. You can't be too angry. You can't be too dirty. You can't be too obnoxious. You can't be too loud. You can't be too sexual. You can't be too pushy. You can't be too know-it-all. You have to be a nice lady, a nice young lady and a good girl. And even if no one has ever said that to you, like straight on, you hear it, you feel it, you see it. And so when I started moving out into the world more in social media, there was all of those voices buried deep, deep inside of me somewhere. But there was also this other voice, which is, I have a reputation to uphold. I am the daughter of a man who is beloved, and I must comport myself accordingly. And that's been difficult, and I have felt the straitjacket of that more or less throughout these last 10 years, and I have rebelled against it more or less throughout these last 10 years, danced with it, danced away from it, danced with it, danced away from it. And then these last two years, really putting it aside for the most part in some sort of real kind of public way, trying to just be myself on social media and not worry about him or his fans or the conversation around him and and really asking people to respect that space for me. And that's been good. But this article, this article really churned stuff up for me because this selling ourselves, this has become something that, yeah, I mean, the last 10 years I've had to do a little bit between you know, promoting stuff I do, my podcast or my solo show, promoting work I do for other people like SiriusXM or speeches I've given in places I've gone. But lately, I have learned and having to learn how to sell myself. You know, A lot of people assume that um, I shouldn't have to sell myself. I mean, (laughs) I always like think of these other famous daughters like Paloma Picasso or Angelica Houston. Um, These women who kind of have these big careers in their own way, Jane Fonda, um, who have you know, and started their careers very young in their life, whether it was through jewelry making or acting or whatever they do, you know, and they kind of have their shit together and their own path. And and I know they struggled with it. I, Roseanne Cash is another one. Um, but I, I never had my shit together. 
I've always been a person who kind of was always struggling and falling through the cracks and trying this and trying that and could never really find my way. I mean, if some of you read my book, you you understand that. You you know my story. But it's always been an issue for me. This how do I make a living? How do I survive? I was talking to Logan, Logan Heftel, who helps me produce this and podcast. Um, we were talking on the phone this morning about this difficult, difficult place between wanting to just be in relationship with the creative urge, our own creative expression, and the need to survive, and how difficult this is. And how soul-crushing it feels. You know, there's a part of all of us that just wants to just be in relationship with Eros, to be a part of the very thing that wants to become the creative process, evolution. I mean, we are all a part of it. We are all becoming in every moment. This universe is one big creative act. We are a part of that. We are a conscious part of it with these conscious brains. We are plugged into this very powerful energy and urge to make something from nothing. And yet, because of, I don't know, capitalism or patriarchy or whatever the fuck it is, <laughs> civilization, this ego, maybe this conscious mind itself, everything has to have worth to it. Some sort of extrinsic worth. We have to be able to exchange this labor into something that will help us survive to feed us, to put a roof over our head. And then we just turn our backs on this pure expression. We only see it as a commodity. And I have to tell you, my it makes me tear up because... We've turned ourselves into commodities in this culture with these personal brandings and these social media accounts and these reputations. Even if you only have 25 followers, you have a reputation to uphold. And the amount of loneliness and despair that creates inside of my heart is almost too big to hold on top of all the other loneliness and despair I feel about for this world. Lately, I have been feeling a new urge to create. To create something that is just an expression. To create 
some visual art through watercolors. Something I've been barely dabbling in for the last 25 years. And to write something from a fictional perspective. Something that I have done a little bit in the past, but have always put aside in service of my life story that I needed to get published and to share with the world, which I finally got to do. And so these last two years with the book being done and the solo show tour being done, I have been just living a little bit and waiting for some urges to come forward. And and these have been coming forward in the last few weeks. And I'm really excited about that. And yet, I'm also confused. I'm confused because of this whole commodity thing. You know, it's like earlier this year, I started a Patreon page because I need to make a living. I need to survive. I need to feed myself and put a roof over my head. You know, my dad died in debt. I didn't get millions of dollars from him or I don't get a check from his estate every month. Um, You know, social media and YouTube and MP3s and iTunes killed the recording star. (laughs) I don't get any money from that stuff. I don't see any money from that stuff, really. It all goes to running the business So I don't have some sort of like cush safety net at 55 to lay into like a hammock and uh, paint till my heart's desire or write short stories because I want to. I mean, I want to do all of that, but I also have to make a living. And so I started this Patreon thing um, to, to try to do that a little bit. And it's so funny because... The way I approached it was not like most people on Patreon, which is, hey, I'm an artist and I'm a creative and I'm doing this, I'm doing my art, I'm doing my creativity, and would you would you support this artist's life? I didn't do it that way because, A, I felt like my reputation, I couldn't do that. You know, I am the daughter of George Carlin and... It gets complicated, like I just described. Most people think I've got a ton of money in the bank, so why the fuck should they support me and my work? (laughs) I get it. But even though I have this DNA and I had this life, I don't. I am an artist. I am a starving artist, (laughs) basically. And so for the Patreon thing, you know, I've been teaching the last year and a half, or the last year when I launched this thing, and I thought, well, I'll just... I'll share some of my teaching stuff, you know, and I'll create some value for people because that's really important to me. Creating value is really essential to who I am, as essential as anything else. And yet, I see that this wanting to create value for other people is also a way for me to, um, what's the word I'm thinking of, to justify my existence. That I couldn't possibly just be an artist looking for the others to 
support me in my process and to share in my process. No, I can't do that because you see, my dad, he was a person who, no matter what, paid the bills through his art. It was always a commodity, his art, from day one. Whether it was an exchange for roof or money or reputation or audience, it was an exchange, for sure. And yeah, he was lucky enough to be a person who, after 20 years in the business or 30 years in the business, for his art to fully align with his commodification. (laughs) Um, But I mean, up until that point, he was always twisting himself a bit into a shape in order to please the audience. And so, but me growing up, and that's really where we get these messages, right? Is that my dad's job was to make people laugh. That was his job. He put a roof over my head. He put food in my belly. He made my life a better life because he could use his creativity to get money. And so I've always seen that in some ways it's not a pure expression. It's always a commodity. I have this little art supply box of my dad's. It's from when he was an adult. It's got some pencils, charcoal pencils in it, some things like that. Just kind of basic stuff for like doodling and sketching, some erasers. But in his handwriting on the top of the box, it says, art for his sake. I love this box. I love this box because it gives me a glimpse into his own heart and his own longing to just express himself for his sake, to just be part of the creative process in some pure, pure way that isn't an exchange with the world for something else but it is an exchange with the very act itself to be a part of Eros, creativity, the becoming of us all. It's amazing that he struggled with that. This man of great, incredible art and creativity. He too needed a secret box of art supplies. And he didn't give himself permission to do that very often. I wish I had stacks and stacks of his doodles, but I don't. I only have a few. (sighs) And so, as I'm coming up at the end of this year and really sitting with as we all do at the end of the year. Who do I want to be next year? What do I want to live into next year? And excuse the noise, there's a helicopter in my neighborhood. 
I don't know what's going on. Um, I want to be an artist this year coming up. I want to just express myself. I want to declare myself to the world that I am a creative being and that I'm experimenting and I don't know what I'm doing and I'm trying to find a way to express the very thing we're all trying to express with this which is truth and beauty and love and the human experience and the human condition and the big ideals and the things we can never touch and god whatever that fucking word means and the universe and the eternal and the shit and the ugly and the anger and the frustration i want to be part of that conversation through my graphic uh my visual art and my my words again through character and plot and dialogue and i want to express myself through my teaching and through the work i do with women on the verge this coaching program that has forced me to learn a lot about business and sales and marketing in a very particular way in order for me to have some financial stability in my life i hired a fucking business coach this year and i'm doing it <laughs> and i'm starting to make a living starting to have some stability in my life and So here we are all grappling with who we are and what we want to express and how much do we need to be a commodity and what is it to have a reputation and how to share our work in a way and in a world where there are a million other people trying to share their work and their voice how do we rise above the din without being assholes or jackoffs or scumbags how do we get our voices heard and how do we let others who want to support us how do we let them in how do we say Welcome. Welcome to my world. Welcome to my work. Be a part of it. I'll share my part of it. Without always thinking that we have to be worth it. How do we let ourselves be worth it by just breathing here by just being and of course i don't know the cream always does rise to the top thankfully and yet we all get a chance to create and to express and to be a part of this conversation 
So all my fellow artists out there, all my musician friends, my comedian friends, my writer friends, my painter friends, my sculptor friends, all of you who listen out there, who are part of this world. I hope you can relate to some of this. (laughs) I'm sure you can. And I hope that you can take off the anxiety and the pressure and the despair and the loneliness of feeling like that you have to sell yourself in order to survive and that we can find some sort of other way of being in relationship with this exchange. Because ultimately, it's just an exchange of energy. Right? It's all everything is, is an exchange of effort and energy. And so how do we lift ourselves up into that place? Where we get to be in the dance and the flow with each other. So I'm going to be redoing my Patreon this month. I'm going to be talking more like an artist there and offering ways in which, I don't know, I let people in more into my process. I don't worry so much about my quote-unquote reputation for having to be someone who's got her shit together, who knows it all, who has it all, who's George Carlin's daughter and must be okay and surviving. I'm struggling as much as the rest of you. And definitely struggling emotionally, as the rest of you are too these days. It is a fucked up fucking world. (laughs) And I'm just trying to get through the week, like most of you too. So maybe our art, maybe the act of creativity, your own creative urges, going to a museum, being a part of the beauty of listening to music, of looking at great photography, of taking pictures, of supporting your friend's art. This really is the only chance we have to keep our humanity is through our art, the expression of it, the receiving of it, the supporting of it. Well, that and protecting children from fucking idiots and protecting those who are truly powerless in this political system from the insanity. Speaking up for truth. Making it difficult for people in power to abuse it. And we can do all of that through our art. And through our voices. I'm also really excited because I've already started planning, finally, Kelly, hello, getting more organized about getting guests for this podcast. So I'm lining up some guests for January, February, and March right now. 
maybe even December. Hold on, do I have a December guest? I've got my little notebook here. And um, so I'm excited about that. And um, we're going to be doing some more octagon tables here. I am putting it on the calendar that the first Tuesday of every month, we will record an octagon, meaning the first Friday of every month, it will land on Patreon, meaning that the second Wednesday of the month, ordinary subscribers will get it. So that's how that's going to happen. And then I'm going to do one guest a month. And then the other two, one or two podcasts that I do each month will be just me doing this rambling. (laughs) Thank you all so much for letting me ramble here. I so appreciate it. It is the one place where I get to just be me and express myself and ramble on like Led Zeppelin. All right. So do I really want to do this right now? I mean, here I've just talked the last, I don't know, however long, about 30 minutes about (laughs) art and commodification. And yet I too, Kelly Carlin. I'm here to make a living, to put food in my belly and a roof over my head, to be able to pay for my health insurance, and to be able to put electricity in my new electric car that I'm leasing. Very excited about it. So, if you can, and if you want to, please come over to my Patreon and support my work. Support my ability to speak to the world about the ways I see things, my take on things, my own personal struggles. Support this podcast or support at a higher level where you'll be supporting my ability to teach, also my ability to write, and also my ability to paint so that I can spread a little of what is left of the Carlin family out into the world? As my father used to say, you don't lick it off the rocks, kid. That meant the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And that is my really, really super bad Irish accent. But it'll be getting better because I swear I want to go to Ireland next year. I've got my passport and my citizenship. And God damn it, I'm going to go find my people there and establish a life in Ireland. So I will be an international person of interest. (laughs) All right, you guys. Have a great week. Next week, I will be recording a new octagon table for you people with some new people, hopefully. And uh, I hope your Thanksgiving was well. And... uh, Hang in there and go make some art. Go express yourself. Be a part of the conversation. All right. Love you all. Bye-bye. Everything is okay anyway. Everything is okay anyway. Well, if the sun comes out each day, everything must be okay. Yes, everything is okay anyway. If all we ever had was total war And peace and love and giving were a bore 
What if we cried and died all day? You could still hear someone say that everything is okay anyway. Volcanoes, earthquakes, floods, and tidal waves. And man is forced to live again in caves. But if all we had was fire, you'd still hear the caveman choir singing everything is okay anyway. Yes, everything is okay anyway. Everything is okay anyway. Well, if kids come out to play, everything must be okay. Yeah, everything is okay anyway. If no one was allowed to jump or run, if no one was permitted to have fun, and if it rained hard every day, you still hear someone say that everything is okay anyway. Everything is okay anyway. Everything is okay anyway. Well, if you do not miss your pay, if you hear what I will say, you will know that on this day I have seen a little ray of forgetfulness.